0: Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the mid-alt that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up.
1: If you listen on the Entale app, that's E-N-T-A-L-E, photos, links and videos of what we're talking about will pop up as you
0: listen. Have a look. Okay, so here's the conundrum. Um, ugh, we want to discover new, uh, interesting designers, but it's got to be easy, right? We've <laughs> yeah. got time.
1: I mean, we're interested in stuff that we can hold on to. But I mean, who has the money? We don't have that much money. So how does that work?
0: Yeah, investment shopping. What's that? We all feel so depressed about our wardrobes. I do right now because I want to look relevant. Uh, you know, I don't want to spend money on anything wildly temporary. So how does that work?
1: I mean, in fact, when did all this shopping start to feel like actual work?
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, this is why we are very happy and slightly relieved that this podcast is brought to you by Label Mix.
1: Yeah, Label Mix is an initiative from Next that spots young designers and collaborates with them to produce limited edition collections at slightly more accessible prices. So affordable investment shopping, in essence.
0: Yeah, who knew? But it's also a way to know what's happening on the British fashion scene without feeling terrified (laughs) Terrified. or incredibly shy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So listen, we both found solutions there when we've been feeling demoralised and just lost in the jungles of our own wardrobes. So why don't you have a look? Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. (laughs)
1: Um, I'm Emily, and I'm absolutely fine, but I have now accrued mask lines from wearing face masks, which made me feel two things, which is one, oh my God, has my face got fatter because my mask is now too tight? And also, along with all the other fucking lines. So now it's like that pillow face, except for it's incredibly undignified. I know, the
0: pillow face, the the face creases and the chest creases used to last for five minutes. Now they last for five working days. Yes,
1: exactly. So by the time, this day ends I will just be crisscrossed with sort of yeah I need
0: to get a bigger mask I need a bigger mask it's so depressing anyway Annabelle how are you oh well I'm absolutely fine but regular listeners of this podcast will be familiar with my uh, sort of leaky body leaky brain and leaky house. So last night I was standing in the kitchen and drops, quite a few drops, started dripping through a light fitting. And I did that thing where you practically drop to your knees and go, oh God, why me? Why now? Oh God. Um, and, and, and I thought, you know, will it explode? And as I fell to my knees, I noticed that the drops were blue. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and making... I noticed that my light fitting was dripping Lenore. <laughs> so I went up to that, that sort of terrible like extension sort of boiler room bit. And, and a bottle of Lenore had, had tipped over and was somehow making its way through into the kitchen. So, I mean, I figure I'm quite classy because <laughs> you I'm now leaking a... Lenore, the yeah. fragrant Annabelle Rifkin. Only you would have such a high-end leak. <laughs> I know, but you know, just because I've got classy leaking doesn't make life any easier. Listen, we, we all know it's hard enough to get dressed in the morning when you only have yourself to answer to. Imagine if you can bear it, knowing that the eyes of the world will be on you, poised to criticise your figure and your fashion choices. Well, today's guest, Samantha Cameron, had years of those terrifying camera flashes. She was already creative director of Smytheson when her husband became Prime Minister, and since then, she has amalgamated her knowledge and experience and channelled it into her own label, Cephin. Renowned for its solution-oriented elegance and immaculate tailoring, and I should know because I'm wearing one of her frocks today, and, and I feel just a little bit more upright and together.
1: And when you put it on, when I saw you this morning, I literally dropped down to my it knees. You fell to and your bowed. knees. I know. It's <laughs> our lives
0: on our knees, and not in a fun way. So, if anyone can help us get dressed under pressure, if anyone can give us some tricks to how to get out the door looking like a fully functional human woman, even when our minds and bodies are betraying us, it's her, Samantha. This is such a pleasure. How are you?
2: I'm good, thank you. I'm feeling
0: absolutely
2: fine, but I'm very, very depressed. I'm sure, like everyone else at the moment, about um, COVID nineteen. Yeah.
0: I don't know why I'm even questioning why I'm not sleeping. I mean, it's it's occupying every part of our subconscious at the moment, isn't it? Yes, I mean, you know, on every level, I worry about. I selfishly worry oh. about me.
2: I worry about my business, not having seen my, well, seen my parents, both my parents, once in the last you know five six months and I worry about everyone in the country you know people who've lost their jobs I've had to make some redundancies people stuck in domestic violence situations children stuck in those kind of situations you know what what, you know and the fact that it seems never-ending I think that's what's most depressing about it is that, that you there doesn't seem to
0: be you're like oh are we still going to be wearing masks and not going to parties this time next year I know. Actually, um, we don't usually talk about kids on on the middle, but my, my little boy who's six said to me the other day, Mama, do you remember a time before Corona? Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah. It's a weird time for everybody. It's a weird time for retailers and fashion designers. So we all feel quite scared to shop. And yet at the same time, we're sort of also locked in a dance of death with our own wardrobe. So we're bored of our clothes. We're not wanting to spend. We don't have much money. We're not wanting to waste but we, we need to make strategic additions. So it's a very specific time for designers. What's your take on what people are wearing at the moment and how they might want to look and take their wardrobes forward? I think it's so personal. I mean,
2: the whole way through lockdown, I did get, I mean, I was working you know, on Zoom or Teams from nine in the morning every day. And I'm one of those people that has to sort of feel quite together in how I look in order to kind of feel like I'm together in the rest of what I'm doing. So I did get dressed and do my hair and makeup and put on a, you know, outfit. My shoes might have been a bit more, you know, there might have been the odd slipper wearing kind of <laughs> moments. But I did, I didn't sit around in a kind of tracksuit or my pyjamas the whole time. So I think that would have made me feel really depressed. I'm sure some people, maybe it makes them feel much better not having to kind of get dressed in the morning. But for me, I think I would have felt really really depressed and also I wore quite a lot of print and colour you know during the summer because it didn't just cheered me up it just made me feel much kind of happier and even though there was no one really to see it uh, you know the fact that I could you know sit in the garden and or sort of look down and see something pretty it kind of made me feel much better and I think I think for a lot of women what you wear does really change your mood and how you feel about yourself and how you perform in all the other areas of your life so I think we've got to be really careful at this stage I don't don't mean you have to go out and kind of you know shop till you drop but I think we've all got to kind of make sure that we're still feeling kind of confident and
0: liking ourselves or feeling like ourselves I totally agree I mean a lot of people um, you know are saying well how can you talk about fashion when the world is burning but actually, I wore the same clothes for three days at the beginning of lockdown because I was sort of hysterical. And um, and at the end of the third day, I just thought, you've got to remind yourself who you are. And I put on a, you know, a good jumper and some hoop earrings and some mascara. And it really, really helped. So you're right. It's, it's very much about identity, isn't it? Whoever you're seeing, you're still seeing yourself.
2: And also, I think having a bit of sort of variety. My daughter said to me a few weeks into lockdown, can we just have a dinner where we all dress up so I can and kind of put on lots of makeup and you know some of the vintage clothes that I've been wearing. And I was like, yeah, of course, let's do it. And we did. And it was only us. It was sort of you know David and I and the three kids. And it was just me and Nan. So she just started dressing up. But you know, I think she was kind of desperate. I was at well, I, I went to I did my foundation course in London and then I went to Bristol to do my degree. And Bristol was amazing, but you just lived in a kind of... I lived in a boiler suit and never wore makeup. It was that real grungy period of the kind of late 80s, early 90s. And when I eventually left, I was so pleased to be going back to London because the thought that, you you know, if you put on makeup and wore heels in, at that time in Bristol, um, everyone would have thought you, you know, were mad. And so that thought of coming back to London and be able to kind of dress up was so exciting because I think you do need... A bit of you know you need a bit of variety, don't you?
0: I think the, I think one of the keys is to turn your brain around and think about getting dressed as a pleasure, not a pressure. And in a way, seeing as we're all running around a bit less, getting on the tube a bit less, and doing more, you know, from from Zoom, and it all feels a bit more contained. Not in a happy way, but it is. There is a little bit more room to try on stuff that maybe you haven't worn in fifteen years, but you know, you were reluctant to throw away for a reason. I think you're completely right. So. Sefin's been going for how long now? So it'll be four years in February. So, so yes, th- nearly four years. What was your thinking behind it? For you, what gap was it going to plug? What was missing in, in you felt in people's wardrobes that it could fill? Because you'd come from years of having access to all the best of the British designers. So you really had quite a comprehensive view. I think the designers that I wore, you know, had clothes that were
2: for big events and I think the gap that I was very much trying to fill was that every day, you know, I work full-time as a creative, um, as a creative director, so I didn't have to look sort of corporate or kind of, you know, suited and booted, but I did have to look professional and I was often having kind of meetings, might be with Selfridges or, you know, uh, agencies that were working for us and so you're wanting to kind of you know put your best foot forward in terms of the brand in terms of who you thought you were in terms of your personality and what i found most stressful every day was was getting dressed and those you know it was like what am i going to wear and then you just get particularly on a sort of day when it was quite important or you were meeting someone that you were a bit scared by or you you wanted to impress and you'd be sort of with the kids about to take them to school and then you'd be like oh i'm just going to go and change my shoes and then you change your whole outfit and then you change your outfit three times or you realise that the thing you really want to wear is sitting in a pile of dry cleaning that you haven't managed to take to the dry cleaner in the corner. And I think, you know, it was always the most stressful bit of the day. Or you've got dressed and then your child has smeared toothpaste all down. The kind of front of you know your perfected outfit and i think i just thought god this has got to be easier you know what can i do you know there must be lots of other women in the same situation as me and i really struggled at that point to find clothes or a wardrobe that felt kind of on trend and fashionable but also just a little bit pulled together without feeling corporate. And also kind of outfits that, you know, you felt you could go for a drink with friends after work and you weren't feeling, you know, office-y. And it's been a real design challenge, actually. You think these, as a designer, you often say, oh, God, why does this not exist or this not exist? And you're always, I think as a designer, you're always solving problems. Any any kind of designer, it's both aesthetic, but it's also about sort of solving a problem. And I think what you often find is that it is, it is much harder than you realise. But that's the challenge. That's why I really enjoy going in, going into work
0: every day. I love that. It's like, oh, there's a reason why no one's done this.
1: <laughs> no, like, why there aren't pockets in absolutely everything. Or, exactly.
0: How did you cope with the pressure of getting dressed when people, other than the scary guy you were having the meeting around the board table with, were looking at you? Uh, a lot of preparation. So you would
2: try and make it look quite kind of... Is it insouciant? Is that the right word? It's sort of effortless. But the reality was that it kind of wasn't. You'd try on a huge amount of stuff and send it back. And I was very lucky I had Isabel Spearman working with me, who did lots of other things other than help me with my wardrobe while I was in Downing Street. But she was brilliant at being... A really good advisor and she's ready to sort of tell me the truth and you know she's brilliant at kind of finding things for me that suited me but you know you've got to try stuff on and then we'd take pictures of wearing it and it was quite traumatizing because you totally realize why people go, women in the public eye can go a bit kind of crazy um, because you start looking at yourself and it's just not a role I would have wanted to have long term for that reason that you do start looking at yourself and your body in a very kind of judgmental way it's very different you know the camera is very kind of harsh and it's very different you know with your friend I now notice now that my friends will wear something to a party and that looks super amazing but you sort of know that it might not work if they were being photographed in a kind of full-length outfit for in you know that was going to go into a
1: newspaper or a magazine yeah. I mean, that's the thing as well, because presumably you'd have to check all the angles. You have to see if it works if you sit down, because if there's any moment where you're basically caught from an angle that might look not look flattering, or you try and get out of a car... Oh, all of that, all
2: of that. You know, wind, uh, creasing, you know, your skirt blowing up, obviously was a total fear <laughs> as you walked down the street, suddenly you kind of pants on show. There's a kind of... I think there's a conference photo and I you know generally don't wear anything above my knee and I I think this dress was sort of on my knee but of course when I sat down it rode up a bit and there is this kind of you know great thing you know Samantha Cameron has cellulite too Oh, my God, so you're basically being upskirted. Yeah, because you're being you're at upskirted. The and also, and at the, the conference as well, you know, the, all the photographers are sitting kind of up, you know, on the floor, at the bo- you know, in front of the stage, kind of basically with their cameras pointing out your skirt. I mean, it's really... Oh, it's, my God. It's really true. Dr- and you're sitting there for about an hour and a half, trying not to kind of pick your nose... Cross
1: your legs, you know, exactly. whatever it might be. Yeah, try not to suddenly lapse and start thinking about something stop, else. And then stop being going, a human being. Yes, god exactly. forbid you would suddenly be a be, human being. I know, because I would be sitting there going, "Oh my god, I forgot this," and "Oh my god, I forgot this." You know, it would be like yeah. sort of terrible. And then you'd having think. a little scratch. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> <Exactly>. But also <laughs> my try son not to start rumbling. Try not to look grumpy and bored. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: going really so, Matthew Cameron is you know? miserable.
2: So, you'd be um, so, trying to do that sort of, you know, gently smiling <laughs> for an hour. Beatific.
0: That's exactly not how you're feeling. they
1: sort of gazing, exactly. Yeah, kind gazing adoringly.
2: You know, but... Which, obviously, yeah, I felt, but, you know, actually trying to sort of do that facially. <laughs> but for an hour. Rather than just in your mind.
0: This, yeah. This look, terrible Rictus grin. grin. And yes. I suppose you must have, I would imagine that what you discovered um, during that time was that you can't get away if you're really being looked at and also if you really look at yourself i suppose you can't get away with stuff that doesn't fit properly no fit i became obsessed
2: by fit and actually in the business in at seffin we probably spent a lot more time and money than I should on that kind of fit process and we have an amazing fit model that we've had since the very beginning and I'd probably be much more profitable if I wasn't spending you know so much time making additional samples and making sure the fit was perfect and followed through in production but it is you know if something fits well you look great and if it doesn't you don't and I think that's what's so challenging as a fashion designer
0: because it ultimately, everyone's bodies are a bit different. Well, I mean, this is the thing, is that I looked at Sefin and thought, well, that is not for me. Because I've got really big boobs, and also it's quite, it feels, it's sort of quite conservative. And so, you know, and I, it's, it's, and then I tried the dress that I'm wearing today on, and the fit is extraordinary. I mean, it just sort of hugs and it skims, and it's, honestly, it, it, it's, I, I, I fully appreciate what you, the work you guys must have put into it. Yeah, it looks super, sexy Because this sexy is not too. an easy body, and it's not, it doesn't look square, it yeah. looks quite saucy, right? Yeah,
1: definitely saucy. Come on, em, you know you really want to have a I go. I know, I literally had to take my jumper off because I'm sweating sitting next <laughs> to you. <laughs>
0: um, do you have any little tricks about how to bring yourself into the moment, um, how to um, give yourself a bit of confidence, how to just add a little something to an outfit before you run out the house that's going to make you look a little less corporate, a little more relevant? What what do you add and take away to create a sort of je ne sais quoi?
2: God, I'm not sure. I have a whole kind of lot of tips that. I'm quite sort of... Um, uh, I mean... I always wear a hoop earring. I always have a kind of a whole lot of tray. I think for me, shoes—it's the shoe I'm wearing—that really kind of makes a difference. If I leave the house with the wrong shoe, it can and feel like it kind of the the, the shoe somehow ruins my outfit. Then I will I'll feel kind of miserable and kind of sort of twitchy kind of all day long. Um, so I think my kind of main thing would be. Yeah, just making sure I'm wearing some jewellery and that I've got
0: my shoes right. I think the clever thing about what you're doing is that it's too often, we talk about this, don't we, em? we find ourselves either looking, or I do at least, like a trophy wife, you know, that sort of, you know, sort of is trying, you know, wants a yacht or a troll that lives under a bridge. Uh, but actually the presentable, relevant middle ground seems to be the Holy Grail. You know, that sort of, you know, that, that bit where you're running around all day. And I think that's a box that Stefan ticks.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever thought that I look like a trophy wife ever, not even on my wedding day.
0: <laughs> just or like... a troll that lives under the bridge. That, <laughs> that is, is also the true. Lining.
1: That is true. Actually, I'm I'm not I'm not into I'm not a troll dresser. I mean, I have a I have layers. I've discovered now that I have the pajama the sort of the loungewear that I get I hate the word loungewear. I don't know why I said it. Okay. What do I? Okay. Whatever that wear that wear, <laughs> homewear. Oh, oh my god, now I sound like a pot teapot. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> but I have the the stuff that I get into to sit on the sofa. And then I have the stuff that I get into to get into bed.
0: It's like Charlotte Tilbury, who takes off her makeup when she gets home from a party and then puts on her bed makeup. OK, yeah, I, I, I'm not there, but yeah. Which I think is just <laughs> sort of unutterably fabulous. <laughs> but now you've been doing this collaboration with Label Mix, right? So it means that your stuff, I guess, is available at, um, you know, democratised prices and it's got a whole, whole new audience. How did that come about? Uh, We were really flattered to be asked, actually. They approached us a couple of years
2: ago, you know, quite soon after we'd launched, and they're such a lovely team. We're working on the second collection now. I think it seems to have sold really well. And it was very exciting because you are reaching a different audience. You know, you're working with them to produce clothes at a different price point to that which we're able to do. And it's really interesting kind of seeing which pieces their customer likes the best and how they approach it in terms of the fabrics and so it just puts a little kind of twist on what you do and it's been really it's been really fun uh working
0: with them when um because of course we're in you know bricks and water shops less right now we're in bricks and water everything less right now so if people are shopping and shopping online are there any ways to ensure that you slightly know what you're getting in terms of reading labels and fabrics and are there any things that we should be sort of looking for or avoiding when buying over the internet
2: i think it's really hard at the end of the day i think shopping with brands that you know is always going to be the kind of fail safe in the sense that you know we all go back to the same brands don't we because we know the fit and we know we like that kind of styling and that kind of fabric so ultimately that's kind of fail safe I think lots of brands now have the measure you know, having a vague idea of what your body measurement or corresponds to the measurement that they give for that garment. So an example would be: I hate wearing anything above my knees. For instance, I feel like I kind of look like an overgrown schoolgirl, and my I hate my knees. Um, and I know that if I look at the kind of length, that anything above a certain length, I'm definitely not going to want to wear. So I think it's understanding the things that you know really matter to you, or really you know aren't going to work when you buy things and normally that is a sort of body measurement and even if it's only you don't sound like you have to know all your body measurements I mean I wouldn't have a kind of clue what some of them were but those kind of key ones so you know it might be for you that it's your bust
0: measurement or yes 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 it would be it would be and also a a sort of magnificent bosom shortens everything because it takes it out so it brings it up but you know what's so odd is it's never occurred to me to measure myself
1: No, I was just thinking, God, I wouldn't even know. And so many times something's come and it's too short or too long. And of course, if I had just looked... After this, should we measure each other? Yeah, I think we should definitely do that. Yeah, and that I'm not sense.
2: sure it's evening the measuring yourself. It's almost like if you've got a dress that you know is the kind of on the edge of the either too long or too short, for instance, it's sort of measuring that and then you know, okay, roughly
0: speaking. Yeah. Because when they, there's I, always you know, a length, isn't there? Or I'll no? yes. always say this, the drop of this is however long, and yeah. I never even bothered to look at it.
1: I've been caught out. I got caught out once this summer by where I ordered a dress an Instagram dress that looked like it was going to be like this amazing floaty kind of floral thing and it was actually a shower curtain (laughs) I mean it wasn't it was so awful I put it on and the children just laughed like for days and then it went straight into the dressing up box where it will probably be used for kind of you know some Victorian shower curtain situation but I
0: feel that what's happened with, with all the dresses that are available now and actually we should give full credit to Isabel Spearman who listeners does something now called Daily Dress Edit and it's worth following on Instagram just to have a look at some dress porn some of it's pretty expensive some of it is less expensive but it's just if you're looking for something special she's a real authority on dresses and I think what's happening with the explosion of dresses and Stefan's very big on dresses is it's sort of filling that space between shower curtain and mother of the bride (laughs) (laughs) You know, that sort of, that sort of, you know, either you wear a sack or you wear a skirt suit. Um, And now we've got all these options. And what I always seem to do is if I buy a posh dress, I wear it as a posh dress for a couple of years, then I downgrade it to a sort of weekend dress. And eventually I'm sort of, you know, trudging around the beach in it.
2: No, I totally get, and I think we do a lot of dresses. And I think what we try and do is make sure, and, you know, of course, at either end, we'll have stuff that is a bit more eventy or stuff that is a bit more kind of worky. But in the main, we try and make sure that our dresses can be worn and it's all to do with quite a subtle kind of styling, but they could be worn with a um, trainer or they could be worn with a high heel. So you can kind of dress them up and dress them down. And I think, you know, uh, having a dress, I try to kind of one of our kind of tick boxes with the dresses that we do is could I wear this with a blazer and a trainer and go on the school run? Uh, but could I wear it with a kind of great heel and a kind of great necklace and go to dinner in it? Um, you know, and maybe like even like a black tie dinner, and it's quite subtle. It's all about the fabrics because you know if something's kind of satin and really shiny and covered in sequins, you're not going to wear it on the school run. But on the other hand, if it's denim, you're not going to wear it in the evening. So it's all to do with quite subtle styling, and I think that's if you want to you know buy less and buy well. I think it is, you know, unless you are you've got to go for that sequin moment or something kind of super casual. I think you do have to kind of think about would this work with different ways of styling would it work for work would it work for the weekend would it work on holiday Um, and I think it's making sure you've got those key pieces in your wardrobe that you can dress up and down because those are the ones that I come back to whether it's by
0: me or by someone else you know year after year time after time yeah yeah. and then you end up with a really efficient cost per wear don't you because you sort Mm. of have to be able to wear everything for everything and also I'm loving the death of 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 seasonal dressing yeah
1: no definitely you want your clothes to work as hard as you do basically because otherwise
0: yes exactly
1: will all just be in, like, pyjamas again. <laughs>
2: no, when, t- when I went to talk to Natalie Mastanet about the business before I started it, that's exactly the phrase that we came up with, you want clothes that work as hard as you do. And that aren't going to let you down. And so we try and have lots of items in the collection as well that are, that are washable. So that was one of my big things, was I was really busy. And getting to the dry cleaner, either to drop stuff off or to pick stuff up. And there was always that kind of little mountain of things. Oh, my so God. Slightly behind the curtain in your bedroom. Yes,
0: on the chair. Um, on the chair. The chair. chair. <laughs> the chair.
2: Or, I mean, I've got a ticket in my in my handbag that I, is for the dry cleaner I can't even remember what it is and I, I must I think it's been there six months and every day I'm like okay today
0: is the day today you're going to go. go and pick it well, up well I can I'm tell you, you for free that the dry cleaner's <laughs> wife is now swanning around in whatever that <laughs> but also uh, exactly you can. You either don't have, have time to uh, drop it off or you don't have time to pick it up or you forget or you just think I'm not spending 15 quid getting this coat no cleaned.
2: it's so expensive and also it's not very good for the environment um, so I'm not saying everything in our collection you know there are some things like some wool suiting which you know it's is better to dry clean and not wash but also you know dry cleaning isn't great for the environment so if you can wash things on a cool wash it is much you know it is much better and also you don't have all those plastic hangers and you know cellophane that it comes wrapped in so that was one of my other big challenges was finding fabrics that i thought were really beautiful but also were washable and weren't then you know having washed them
0: they weren't going to take you know you an hour to iron And also, what I always find depressing is if you have things that say they're washable, but every time you wash them, they get a little bit less lovable. Yeah. You know, washing just compromises them. It just sort of doesn't work.
1: I know. It's like when you first wash that jumper that, that you like and or, it just you know the
0: really sad thing though is if you have I don't really wear sweatshirts because they make me look like a sort of coffin but um, <laughs> you know they're all softy and lovely on the inside so depressing and then the moment you wash them yep. they're just not yep. so you go for as long as you can I know
1: you just you could deal with all of it the sort of p- smears <laughs> and then you you have to, yeah, you, have to you have
0: to you've sponged away for a while <sighs> Oh, poor you, Sam, listening to the madness. (laughs) I want to hear about shoes. How do you get your shoes right?
2: Well, I mainly buy trainers. And the designer in me, I think there is another problem to solve, that if it's not a trainer or a boot, how do you create a shoe that you can run around in that's not a heel, that doesn't look mumsy, but also looks kind of, you know, sexier than your trainer or your boot? And I can't find them. I mean, I, I search high, low...
1: Every brand and it's a real challenge. This is what this is the shoe that I'm looking for. I I yeah, I come on the Yes, okay. Well let's just keep like Let's talking. keep in touch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whoever finds it first. And on that note This <laughs> is so nice. Yes, thank you so much. And um and I hope we'll talk to you soon. And um and Sefin has turned out to be like an absolute sensational solution. So thank you for that. Thank you. It's been really lovely hanging out with you guys this morning and see you soon. (laughs) See you you soon, soon. bye.
1: Bye. You've been listening to Annabel Rivkin and Emily McMeekin of The Middelt. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now.
0: If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. This podcast was brought to you by Label Mix. Smart clothes for smart women. And we'll just leave you with this thought.
1: Remember that sometimes it's okay to be unavailable for comment.